Hello and welcome to uh, some True Blue. What, what are we calling this again? The lineup. It, the lineup. All right. Not lead. I almost said leading off just to like hijack the, the, the. To be fair, would, uh, we're, lead, we're leading off the lineup podcast. What, what's really <laughs> what's funny here is I, I almost called the the leading off podcast the morning podcast because like that's how it, you know it kind of makes sense I mean, in my is. head. Yeah, but it, you could right. also you could listen to it whenever you want, dear listener. Yeah, that's true. Whenever whenever it, pleases you. And we and this podcast, the lineup we record at different times, like so, like this time it's the nighttime podcast. Sometimes it's the morning podcast. Sometimes it's the midday podcast. Do you think we, you swear yeah. more frequently when we record at night? You, is oh. this like Dodgers after dark? Wait a minute, that's a good question. True, no, I true think, blue indeed. Yeah, it's that's a great question. I will think about it. Um, we we were swearing. I was swearing before we recorded. Uh, because of the thing, we'll get into it. But, um, the, but yeah, who, I think it's more mood than time related. All right. Well, yeah. we're gonna we're, we've got five questions from Craig. We're gonna talk about Tony Gonsolin. We're gonna kind of catch up in general on the week, and then I really like the trivia question that Eric has for me. We're gonna do all of that after this. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When we were doing our preseason-y, spring training-y podcasts after the, after the, uh, the strike had ended, the lockout, excuse me, uh, there was a lot of like, is Tony Gonsolin going to, how, like, how many games is Tony Gonsolin going to like actually start? Like, that was, I think, a real question. Would he always be piggybacked? Would he turn into sort of more a Ross Stripling-y role where he's relieving half the time and, and, uh, getting kind of spot starts here and there and uh as baseball so frequently does showed us to be or me at least an idiot i don't know i, I seem to remember us both talking about like it, i remember the argument going something like well we know gonson's going to be undefeated and all this but uh <laughs> I, I i remember i was thinking like what do you think like a 215 era and you're like no it's got to be in the ones and i was like okay <laughs> You know, that's so, yeah, that's so not how I remember these conversations. That. No, it's not. Look, the, the uh, I, I I remember a lot of stuff, like weird random stuff from like years ago. Mm-hmm. But sometimes on the podcast, I, I have a hard time remembering what we talked about last week, let alone April or March. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, I, uh, I believe you. Uh, that's, that's clearly what we were uh, going at and. Tony Gonsolin uh, coming into the season, like last year, he's basically like hurt all year, like shoulder soreness. It like affected him when he was not on the, he had two different 60 day injury list. <laughs> it was like, um, and when he was, when he was pitching, like he was affected by that. And he, bar- he 
very rarely went deep. He, his command was way off. His fastball was down. He, I think he averaged less than four innings a start. Um, and right now, as we record this, um, uh, Tony Gonsolin, 8-0, leads the majors with a 142 ERA through 12 starts. So, yeah, and it's one of those like, well, yeah, you know, the Dodgers are hosting the All-Star game this year. And you're thinking... Like, what if they actually get some, like a pitcher to start the All Star game? Like, obviously, that a lot has to go into that and, and everything. And you're thinking, well, Walker Bueller's the opening day guy. He was fourth in Cy Young. Clayton Kershaw had like the crazy hot start. Like, maybe you know, what if he gets sort of the the veteran, the 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 Hall of Fame career nod since he actually has never started the All Star game. But like, you know, if he was still pitching uh, well before he got hurt, and then. But no, it, like right now, if not saying Tony Gonsolin's going to start the All Star game, but like if a Dodgers starter starts the All Star game, it's going to be him, like pitcher wise. So, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that happens. But he, I think the most important thing um, talked about like last year, not not really pitching deep into games. He, he's he's pitching deep like every game and and deep in a like current status of baseball sense. Like he's not completing games or anything because nobody does, but. Um, he's going six like every game. Um, he went uh, into the seventh on Tuesday. Now there's an issue. I talked about it, uh, or I think we talked about it uh, previously, where like counting the minors and the postseason and the majors, he's only pitched like more than 81 innings in a professional season once, and that was in 2018. He he fell like one out shy of 140 innings. Um, and he's already at like 63, uh, this year. So there's going to, it's going to be an issue like figuring out like how far do you sort of push him and stuff. Cause I think there's been a times like, you know, maybe they could have even stretched him a little farther in some of these games, but I think they're sort of being mindful of that. Um, but he's, he, when he's pitching, he's pitching really well and he's just been in command and he's been doing really well, um, to, to show how sort of rare, um, him going six innings is he only did it five times uh, from 2019 to 2021, and he did it zero times last year. So um, in this current sort of uh, nine-plus-year run of the Dodgers, uh, it was eight division titles and then a 106-win wild card uh, last year, um, they've, they've only had seven pitchers uh, with streaks of at least six straight starts with six innings pitched. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, of course, did it eleven times, different eleven different times during that stretch, which is amazing. He topped out at twenty three twice. He also had a twenty two game streak. Um, this is a rare uh, pre trivia trivia for you, um, and I, I want to see how many you can name of the other uh, five because Gonsolin is obviously the seventh one. Um, one person did it five times. One person did it three. Two did it twice each, uh, and then one, and then um, one other person besides Gonsolin did it once. Uh, Why wanted, would you I do this? To know. I get I what you know, what happens is you send me a Google Doc that has show notes on it. I skip everything until the trivia sure. question, so I have the entire episode to think about it uh, and yep. try to not look like as big of a fool well, as I often to, do. And you've snuck this. You've snuck this in. To stall while you think of that, I will point out that <laughs> Tony Gonsolin in his starts this year, 12 starts, uh, three of them, including on Tuesday night, he's only allowed one hit. Now, one allowing one hit in a game, excellent, right, for a pitcher, for a starter. Um, you know, allowing no hits uh, is, you know, the ideal. Uh, Reed Detmers uh, is pitching, as we record right now, for the Angels against the Dodgers on Wednesday. And he threw a no-hitter earlier this year. One of his, uh, like, handful of first career starts. I I don't remember which one it was. I think I want to say it was, like, his 10th career start or something like that. Um, But I always – I wonder what the opposite of that was. I was thinking, like, what what would it take to be an all-hitter? Like, for a pitcher to throw an all-hitter? And my first thought was, like, is it – is it, like – Every batter he faces gives up, gets a hit, and then you're just out after like zero innings or whatever. But I think that's too narrow and rare. So I think it has to be like a pitcher who stays in long enough, but gives in, gives up a hit to like all nine starters. 
what do you think? Do you, do you have any thoughts on an, uh, what an all hitter should be? I know what a no hitter should be. Mm. And you, are you doing this just to goad me into talking about this? If look, if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. I, I just was I, I had a different angle on it that I thought. If you, if you don't want to talk about it, we could do it this way. So, so uh, the Cardinals uh, had a, uh, Mikolas had a eight and two thirds no hitter going and then let, gave off a kind of a scorcher that was still almost caught by, by Hayter. Um, uh, and, but and I was like, oh, and so I, I was, you know, not paying attention. I wasn't watching the Cardinals game, but I saw, ah, nine to one was the final score. So I'm like, ah, it must've been yeah. a home run that ended right. the no hitter because if it's a no, if it's a no, no frequently called no, no's no hitters are, then he didn't also give up a run, but he had given up a run. And I think a no hitter in the same way that no hitters don't count if the team lost, so a no hitter must be a game in which no hits give up and a win was recorded. I also think it should be a shutout. I think that the no node indicates no hits, no runs, and uh, that's uh, I, t- I let off our pre-show babble with this, and you you disagreed. I disagree strongly. Uh, I think no no is like a, a weird antiquated term that doesn't actually describe what a no hitter means. It's it's like a old slang and. Um, like if you go back to like old um, um, early no hitters, like you know with old timey radio announcers and stuff, they'd call it he pitched a no hit, no run game, you know that kind of a thing. And it's just the way that's the way they describe it. They have to say no run to like additionally describe it. I'm trying to look up um, the etymo- like the the history, the yeah. etymology of no no. So I just googled what is a no no, but I didn't add the word baseball. <laughs> So Merriam-Webster says a no-no is something unacceptable or forbidden. Right, it's taboo. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, so, so that's my that's my theory on this. Is the, the term no-no is is a no-no? So, no. Um, my thought is um, not only do I think that uh, I'm okay with teams scoring like a billion runs while getting no hit and still counting it as a no-hitter. Um, but like, I'm even, I'd re, I'm willing to go a little further. And, um, so for the, the pirates were on the other end of this, um, on Tuesday and, and felt bad. Like, cause Nicholas, um, he, the, the double that, uh, he was one strike away from the no hitter and the double that ended it was on his 129th pitch. So he was like clearly going for it. And, but the pirates, um, have already been no hit this year. Um, however, that, uh, that game does not count, uh, for major league baseball standards as a no hitter. Cause, uh, the pirates won that game one to nothing. Um, and, uh, they were at home. Um, the, uh, the reds, uh, Hunter green. And I think I can't remember the name of the reliever who pitched the eighth, but they allowed no hits. I, I even think that in a, since that was a completed normal game, uh, that should also count as a no hitter, even though it was a loss, and and the the pitching team that allowed no hits only pitched eight innings. The same way that like um, a, a road pitcher can pitch a complete game uh, eight inning loss. And may, I, to maybe convince you otherwise, I, I'm, I'm yeah. on the new Wikipedia for no hitter, and finding out that uh, the 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 global sanctioning body, the WBSC and MLB, have your mo- your, your definition. Although I know you sure. want it to be even more loose, but Eastern Asian professional leagues have my rule, and except that because most of those leagues can end in a tie if they go twelve innings, you can have a no hitter tie. Eric, does that not sound appealing to you, lover of ties? I, I like ties in a in I, a spring training training setting. But what if it was a no hitter tie? How amazing would that be? Come on now. That would it would be kind of amazing. Like for instance, a a double perfect game. But then at the same time, right? Like I would want it. I would want that game decided. And it would you could still re, like assuming it goes like into however many extras, you could still recognize it as like you know the greatest game ever or whatever, <laughs> like greatest duel ever because it was a a double perfect game through however many innings, um, at least nine. And then someone gave up something like in the 11th or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I would rather it be decided. Um, all yeah, right. So thank you for the stall. So, so you're saying over the last nine plus years? Yeah. That, since what... the start of the 2013 season when they, 
first started uh, this playoff uh, postseason making run. Yeah, but I, uh, I'm trying to remember. That's one so, of those like uh, tweener eras, like between the, uh, you know, the, that inc- yeah. that includes some pre-Friedman, pre-Roberts <clears throat> years. So, so I, to... I will give you a couple hints. Um, I, I have some. I'm so, gonna. I'm gonna. Re- I have oh, some yeah. names written go, down. Go I'll rattle, rattle them off, and you can give me some hints after that. Uh, Kenta Maeda. Yeah. Uh, Maeda, no. Really, that actually yeah. really surprises me. I kind of had him in his my head as a like innings eater. No, I mean, you got to remember though, like he also was like he would sort of he'd have stretches, right? But then like sure, he would fade a little bit, and then inevitably always end up in the bullpen. <laughs> like sure, but so, I still yeah. those stretches to me lasted longer than six innings, so that surprises me that he didn't do it at least once. Um, yep. Hyunjin Ryu. Yeah, he so he's the um, five timer. Okay. Um, yeah, and he from as far back as 2013, and then as um, he did, he had two stretches in 2019, the longest one, 11 games. He finished second in the um, Cy Young Award that year. Walker Bueller. Bueller uh, is he did it three times. Um, uh, last year, um, uh, like had two, his two longest stretches, the first 16 starts of the year. And then um, one hiccup, and then a ten start stretch right after that. So he basically went like six innings all the time last year. This year it's been more of a struggle, and we'll get to him in a second. But uh, yeah, he's one. Uh, he's another one. Yep. Uh, Urias. So you have three more left. Urias. Uh, no. <sighs> I never. I, I obviously with the the in, innings limiting. Yeah. I was basically banking on last year. Uh, no, I, I I think you're right. I'll, I'll look in a second what he did because. I actually, now that I think about it, I'm a little bit surprised that he didn't do it last year. Yeah, consider like, how many given, wins he got. You know, the, the right. had, you know, obviously if he had done five, I, he I just before I have his game log up, I, I I'm sort of envisioning like there being a bunch of like six 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 five six, yeah. six you know, like that kind of a thing. Um, uh, but, so, um, so I'm yeah. now now I am in the like I can't remember what year he yeah. left, but I'm gonna have to. S- Say another name, uh, and if I'm wrong, that's my third strike, and so be it. Uh, Zach Grinky. So Grinky, yeah, he he did it twice. Yes. I, my hint to you before that you didn't take and didn't need it uh, was going to be that two of these uh, pitchers finished second in the Cy Young, and Grinky was the one. And so 2015, all every start, all 32, he went six, at least six innings, uh, and that was the year he had a 166 ERA. Um, yeah, but and now that you're he also okay. had a stretch in 2013. All right, yeah. I'm ta- I'm tapping out because I I know I'm overthinking no, the, at least one of these names. So you're, well, you're the other two. One you're not going to get, and the other one. <laughs> Thanks, pal. I almost I almost omitted the the question because he was one of the answers, and uh, uh, a certain suspended player, Got it. Trevor Bauer, did it twice last year. Um, then the other one, uh, my hint to you is, well, let's see if you get it. My hint for the other player in 2014 is he's never eaten fish. Yeah, see, this keeps coming up, and I keep forgetting. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's, is it Rich Hill? Nope. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, one day, one day I will remember that, <laughs> the, the, the okay, no so fish hint. Julio Urias, his longest streak last year um, – was three games of six six that's, yeah games. that's so yeah, interesting he, he kept doing like he, he would do like like he would stagger a little bit but then like down the stretch he was like uh so he had a stretch from july 27th five and two-thirds and then five 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 and then you know like i think they were just you know sort of mindful of his innings, but yeah, Dan Heron was the other one in 2014. I have it muted, so I can't uh, disseminate what's going on, but Kershaw's being interviewed right now on mute on my TV, and I'm very upset that we're recording during the game. I'm I'm assuming he's talking about all his various streaks of lasting six innings. (laughs) Oh, I remember this one time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, So, do you have any more on uh, on, uh, Mr. Bueller? You know who's not going to... You know who's yeah. not going to add to his six innings yeah. this year? Who's that? Is uh, Walker Bueller. Um, so, yeah, this happened since well, we Well, what if we uh, include playoffs? He could he mm, could do it this year. I'm, I'm still taking the Yeah, under. probably not. <laughs> uh, but, um, so, on Friday, you know, we I think even last week we talked about this. Like, you know, the, the sort of question is, or was, like, you know, what's going on with Bueller? Why, did, why is he not as good this year? That kind of thing. Like, his fastball was... 
uh, not as good as it was the last three years when it was like one of the best fastballs going. Um, and you know the he the issue you're trying to figure out like what exactly is going on. You know he lost in spin rate, so you could sort of pin it a little bit on that. He still pitched fine after like enforcement started last year, um, but like the fastball itself, and then so it's one of those things where you're you're looking not excuse is the wrong word, but like at least it explains some yeah, of what's happening. Usually, like right. explanation. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So Friday um, in San Francisco, he left the game after four innings, and it wasn't even. It was one of those like, oh, he's not pitching the fifth. It wasn't like one of those like call a trainer to the mound, walk off the mound, like, um, sort of thing. It was, he pitched four innings and then next thing we knew, Justin Brule started the fifth. <laughs> like what? <laughs> um, and so the, the progression of this was, uh, late in that game, you get the first announcement, Walker Bueller left with right elbow discomfort. And you're like, well, he had Tommy John before. Clearly <laughs> everyone sort of jumps to that. Right. Like, and then MRI Saturday, First MRI results come out like sort of preliminary. And they, or the Dodgers put him on the injured list before like the full results were released. And they said right forearm strain. So now you're going elbow and forearm. Okay, clearly Tommy John, this is a Tommy John thing happening, all this kind of stuff. And then later, um, I don't remember if this was actually Saturday or Sunday, but it was sort of clarified that, I think it was late Saturday night, um, that it was clarified that Bueller had a right flexor tendon strain, um, no tear in the UCL. So no Tommy John. So it's like, it's this weird thing of like, it's almost a relief, right? Like that. Okay. He's so he's, he's not out until 2024 and then, but then you're like, be my, but he might not pitch again until 2023. <laughs> That's sort of on the table. So as of now, he's not going to throw for at least six weeks at all, like not playing catch or anything. Then they're going to reevaluate. Um, his sort of timetable for return, um, if, if all goes well is 10 to 12 weeks, which basically means like best case scenario, he's like the very last week of August, maybe, uh, returning to the Dodgers, but most likely at some point in September. So like, does that give him uh, enough time to be ready for the playoffs if, if all or whatever? So it's, it's in this weird spot, but then. So um, this is like the progression through like Sunday, right? So you get this news and you're sort of processing it. Um, and then uh, Monday's an off day. Tuesday happens, uh, the first game of a series against the Angels. And then Bueller talks post-game or pre-game, excuse me. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was uh, – I met Dr. Delatrash yesterday and had uh, arthroscopic surgery on my elbow too. And I'm like, what? Like, uh, So it, it's one of those where – he said, so he removed bone spurs in his elbow. It's something he said that's been like bothering him the last three years, but like he's ended each year like healthy. So like they didn't feel it was necessary to do it yet. And he was thinking about doing that surgery this off season anyway. And they said the recovery for that is also 10 to 12 weeks. So why not double up? <laughs> and, uh, so th that's where we're at right now. So so Bueller right now is the questiony of question marks, um, I guess. So possibly later in the season, not you know not sort of ruling that out, but like you're, I think from a realistic standpoint, you're like it's not something you can definitely count on, which is which is bad news because you know he's been like essentially their like game one starter. Um, they, I know they required like Max Scherzer last year, and he technically started one of the game ones, but. Um, yeah, so that's that certainly was a blow, but like in a weird way, it also could have been a lot worse. <laughs> and like to be fair, it still could be worse. Like Danny Duffy last year, similar timeline in the season, um, hurt his uh, flexor tendon with the Royals, although it may be a little bit later in the season. And then when he was traded to the Dodgers, then he tried to sort of rehab from that. Same thing, rest and relaxation, and then. It turned out that he was going to, um, he, he, he ended up not pitching the rest of the year, and then he had to have surgery in October. So, like, that could very well still happen with Bueller. Like, maybe he's not ready uh, later this summer, and then he ends up having surgery, and then he's knocked out for part of next year. Who knows? But it's very much in question right now, and that's a huge bummer for, like, um, sort of where they're at. Um, yeah. What? How did, I guess I'll ask you, because I was sort of going through 
sort of a natural progression there, like how the news came in. How did you sort of receive the news, and do you have any thoughts on, on that? That on was a uh, <clears throat> game I was following along on Twitter, so it was like a, oh, Bueller's not coming out. And so anytime that happens, he's, you know, pitching fine. So it wasn't definitely, oh, he's hurt, but it was like, that's that's concerning. And then I think like everyone else, I'm like, that's going to be Tommy John. <laughs> uh, just assuming that's kind of what was going to happen. And so when the news came out, it was it was not just, not just, oh, it's not just Tommy John, but like you said, it just offered an explanation. Because if it wasn't he was hurt, just something was off. And this, not a, honestly, just the way he was pitching this year, not a guy you could rely on. Right, and it's like, yeah, you're like, oh, is he just bad? Yeah, like, you know what I mean. And, and bad is a relative term, right? He was, he was like, still like essentially like a league average starter, I guess, basically. I mean, like, yeah, similar to like, you know, obviously a much shorter time frame, but um, you Darvish in a World Series, and we eventually, oh, he's tipping his pitches. That explains it because prior to that, he was just so good. Yeah, and so just you know, not that I thought Walker viewers tipping his pitches but something like that is just like is he doing something that just makes the hitters just able to smash the four seamer so and i'm sure later like probably at some point in july we'll talk about this but i think it's pretty clear the dodgers do need to add a starting pitcher at the trade deadline um but i think it's not something they're gonna panic on like they're they're basically okay right now it is sort of funny um in a um I guess ironic sense that the way baseball works because we were literally last week talking about are the Dodgers going to have a six man rotation once everybody's back you know like uh, all this and so no they will not because they do they will not have six healthy active pitchers at the same time but um, yeah so like Andrew Heaney in theory is going to be back this weekend uh, by that you know I would imagine this will be out before his potential Sunday start if that's that but that's sort of the plan. And once he's in, um, um, you know, that'll just add, I don't know, it, it gives them, you know, five healthy starters for now. They have some off days this week. I think they're basically fine to get to the all-star break, but I think they'll use that time to sort of figure out exactly what they need. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it was just that that's, it, was, it was a huge bummer for sure. It was a huge bummer, and that obviously less serious reasons. It's just a three-game series, but it was a bummer, weird series to to end the week too. Oh yeah, so and then they they also got swept um, in uh, San Francisco. The whole the like, oh, you know, the Dodgers never can't hit and runners in scoring positions. So often that complaint is 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 small sample size, recency bias, that kind of a thing. Right. This is as as much as I can remember in the last few years, an extreme example of that of just the most. Yeah. I like watching baseball. I even when the Dodgers lose, I t- tend to. Um, and that was a enjoyable experience. I got to hear usually hear Joe Davis. It's just relaxing. That was not fun to watch at any point, really. So Saturday um, was like the the sort of um, the perfect storm for that because they literally got someone on base in every inning and um, not until later in the game, they didn't even get, they didn't get too many people in scoring position. Although they, they sort of sort of kept racking that up later and like they didn't score until the eighth inning and they only ended up losing that game three to two, (laughs) but it was like one of those where they could have scored like, like 10, you know, like just also one of the funnier national broadcast arguments in that game over the Dave Roberts wanted it to be a hit by pitch and you get a ball declared dead so a run that got scored on a wild pitch they went AJ Brzezinski and Eric Karras went on on this for like 20 minutes I forgot about I actually forgot about that because so just peeking behind the curtain a little bit in our notes this is the section of the notes that just says weird week (laughs) and I forgot about that but that definitely that definitely qualifies. Um, and then you, you have to remember to, to lead into the um, the Giant series. Um, they the Dodgers took two out of three in Chicago, and they won, they won the Thursday game. So we recorded, I believe, during the Wednesday game, if I'm not mistaken, that last week. Sounds right. Yeah, but like it was still going as we were recording. So um, uh, on on Thursday. 
Uh, Max Muncy comes back from the injured list, and he hit a, I think it was a two-run double earlier, and then the Dodgers are up um, seven to five. I forgot what inning it was, probably the sixth, something like that, fifth or sixth. And they have Freddie Freeman on first with two outs. And then there's a, uh, it's 0-2 on, on Trey Turner. There's a lefty pitcher, who, and Trey Turner's a righty. They throw a wild pitch um, to Turner, and then Freeman goes to second. So it's 1-2, and two, but first base is now open. Tony La Russa, with a 1-2 count, intentionally walks Trey Turner. Um, to the point where, because um, I, I, I went back and listened, I was... It's like, wait, what? He's walking him? Like, what happened? And, and then the the Dodgers game, Joe Davis was calling that game with uh, Eric Karros. They were both confused. Um, the Chicago broadcast with Jason Benetti and Steve Stone, they were flummoxed. Like, wait, what? What is happening? And then, um, so, and to be fair, Muncie has not hit this year, right? Like, he's been pretty terrible and, like, battling stuff. But at the same time, you still don't walk a guy on a one-two pitch, uh, <laughs> like and and I don't know. So, but and to make matters more hilarious, Max Muncy, all he, you know, he hit a three-run homer. So, like, uh, it was like the perfect like, hey, let's let's get uh, Max Muncy going type of a move. But and then to like, I think two different days, like both post game and like the next day, Tony Larusa was like so flabbergasted that anyone would dare question the move he's like is anyone he's like are you guys uh, i think one of his post-game question was like would anyone in here seriously not walk turner there and like to reporters that i don't i don't think anyone actually answered him but it's like yeah no we wouldn't like uh so very weird it's just, it's just so weird and like i don't know it that that's that um that play is not going to have the the staying power as the uh, Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson, uh, fantasy football slap, which is still going on. It's still going like that. That uh, Tommy Pham, because <laughs> so I think the what fueled at this time, the Giants um, had shirts made because the most lucrative baseball related um, industry is is instant t shirts, and, uh, <laughs> and and players were walking around with. I I think it was like I think the shirt just said. In like is a black shirt with like orange lettering for the Giants, and it was like um, I think it said something like uh, putting a player on injured injured reserve isn't against fantasy rules or whatever, and uh, and then then Tommy Pham's like, yeah, well Jock played himself because uh, I all I have to do is show the 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 rules of the league and then the text that I said I'd pimp slap him if he did it. It's like oh, so you're you're just a weirdo. Like all right, that's. <laughs> But to be fair, I'm not saying Tommy Pham is a weirdo officially. Uh, so please don't slap me. Um, but yeah, um, what a what a bizarre what a bizarre game this is that we watch. Um, then uh, also back to the Giants series for a second. Um, Dave Roberts, uh, the the offense was slumping so bad, and if you if we go back there, it's like for about three weeks now, no two and a half. They're averaging like three and a half runs a game, roughly. Um, so. This and then before Sunday's game, like it got to the point where Dave Roberts like essentially called the team out. I use that loosely. He didn't really like call the team out. He's like basically we're not doing enough to win. You know, people are are not having the right approach, and like he, he wasn't. You know, it wasn't like an old school manager like firing up his team type of a thing. But that's about as much as Dave Roberts is going to throw a team throw anyone under the bus like. It, you know, I guess the Sheldon noisy, like if we stretch, we win type of thing was more direct, <laughs> but like, this wasn't that, but it was like, you could tell he was like pretty like animated about it. And then they got shut out that day, like two, like before, right after he said it. So I don't know. It was just kind of funny. Um, but then the other weird thing since we recorded, so last night on Tuesday, um, in the later, in the ninth inning of the angels Dodgers game, um, the home, uh, so Mike Trout, uh, Craig Kimball got, got like a foul. No, no, it was a, I'm sorry, it wasn't a foul. It was a broken bat um, single for Mike Trout because it, it went off of Gavin Lux's glove in short center field. But the bat like just shattered near the, um, the, the knob. And in a weird like, uh, like move, like the bat, like the, that part of the bat, the, 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 
the giant part of the bat that's not that Trout wasn't holding sort of like spun backwards and like it went like shard first into the mask of the home plate umpire Mike Tomlinson and like found a way like in inside the mask and like hit him like in the eye and cheek nose area um and he went down like immediately obviously um so we're recording this during Wednesday's game he's not doing the game he I guess he went to the hospital after the game and he, he he's okay but like he was clearly shaken up I, I believe on the uh, broadcast when the Dodgers trainer uh, Nathan Lucero um, was tending to him I you could see I think Tomlinson it looked like he said my eye my eye or something but it I, I don't think it got to that like it, it was it, it was one of those where like it probably if it if it's like a centimeter over it could have but like he was bleeding from the eye and he had like a, um, a towel around his nose so I think he might have been bleeding in the nose area too but just one of the freakiest things I don't know if you saw some of the still shots, but there's one still shot where it captured like Trout's like finishing his swing and, and then the, the bat is just the, that part of the bat is behind him, but it's just straight in. It's like some, it's like someone like a javelin thrower, like threw it at the umpire and it's just like into his mask. It's like the freakiest picture ever, but yeah, hope, thank God he's okay. Cause that was one of the weirdest, um, Weirdest plays I've ever seen. I, I don't. I can't remember ever seeing a uh, a broken bat with that much foul, that much malice in its heart. It was uh, it was rough, but it seems like he's like relatively okay. Speaking of malice in the heart, you have a trivia question for me. <laughs> I do. Um, so um, we talked about Walker Bueller, who's now on the injured list. Um, so you get him for free, um, and I gave you another one for free earlier because <laughs> I'm a nice guy. But um, can you name all the current Dodgers uh, pitchers on the injured list? I will throw some names out after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All the names of injured pitchers for the Dodgers right now, currently on the IL. Uh, I, so I, I've written some names down, so I feel comfortable asking this now. Yeah. Uh, how many are there? Eight. Ah, so I'm missing two. Well, in assuming that I got some of these right, and I'm not being... A big brain fart. So I'll, I'll I'll give you the six, and we'll see where we want to go from there. Walker Bueller. That is correct. Did you he's know that a, he is? Yeah, he's the only one. Oh no, sorry, he's one of the two on the ten or the fifteen day injured list. For now, he'll be on the sixty at some point. Did you hear that Andrew Heaney is on the IL? You know what? I, I've heard rumors. Um, yeah, he last pitched in April. Um, so, but I heard on the True Blue LA uh, lineup podcast that he's coming back soon. So. That's true. You have you have the um, the special live version of the podcast that you were listening to. We're we're offering that up to our subscribers. By the way, it's a special. <laughs> we tier. have subscribers. We'll get, Wait, we'll, we'll, where's my we'll cut? Have, we'll have, we'll have uh, details on that on our Patreon. Oh, so. We have a Patreon. This is dope. Uh, Tommy Canley. Tommy Canley is on the sixty day DL. Um, Bone bruise in his right elbow in May. He's out weeks. Uh, the earliest he could be back is basically the All-Star break, but who knows. Danny Duffy? Duffy is correct. He he was the aforementioned um, trade guy last year. He re-signed a, a deal with them that's sort of incentive-laden, hoping for June or July. Uh, Dustin May? Dustin May, recovering from Tommy John surgery, would imagine 
at some point after the All-Star break. My, my guess is maybe August at the best, at the best case scenario. So, yeah. Uh, Blake Trinan. Blake Trinan is throwing again, I believe, at some point in the last week. He's throwing up to 120 feet. Uh, he's right shoulder discomfort. He's doing the um, no surgery, rest and rehab thing. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how that works. But, like, you know, I don't know if there's a timetable, but it seems like, you know, may, he's like a, that's what a maybe, like a July guy, I think. But who knows? All right, so I'm missing two names. Um, I feel like... I'm, oh, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you, one of them pitched this year. Okay. Yeah, not 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 in the thing. And then is is you just tell me the names, and I'll uh I'll yeah. The one who who hasn't pitched yet is Jimmy Nelson. Um, yep. Yep. I, he, I, he what I was like gonna say is I feel like there's a guy that like they like, yeah yeah we're, we're in that situation where they're just are he, ho- we're he had Tommy John and Flexerton in rehab so he he so if you average out what could have happened to Walker Bueller and Walker Bueller I, they they come out to uh, one surgery for those injuries <laughs> each um, but yeah so he he's like a maybe September guy but he's he has like a one year deal plus an option. Um, and then the other one is Victor Gonzalez, who was injured last year too, but came back, left elbow inflammation, um, and he had elbow surgery. It was arthroscopic in May. He's like another, we'll, we'll see what's happening. They have so many guys like that are, um, well, let's just see what happens after the all-star break, you know, we'll, we'll see what we have, but like, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they sort of handle all that. Hey. Mm. You know what time it is? I do know what time it is. It's time for... With Jens and Greg. We love it. We love it. My Yay. turn. Doing it. Just right. before before yeah. you get into this, um, I just to, to for sake of completion, the two non-pitchers on the injured list currently are Edwin Rios and Kevin Pilar. Mm. Pilar had sh- uh, shoulder surgery uh, out for the year, basically, so. Time for another trivia question. It's really trivia Ugh. questions. Celebrating Dodger Stadium's so 60th anniversary. This week, the Dodgers host the American League's Angels and Guardians at home. But do our listeners know that from 1962 to 1965, both the Dodgers and Angels played their home games at Dodger Stadium? This week's trivia questions are about that period of games in L.A. I am, would do so badly on these questions, I can already tell you. I'm, a, I'm about to do so bad, <laughs> I think, I'm sure. I have the answers in front. Actually, with the answers in front of me, I would do great. Five Hall of <laughs> Famers who are primarily known for playing in the American League hit two or more home runs at Chavez Ravine against the Angels from 1962 to 1965 in the regular season. <clears throat> who are these American League greats? So the so the part about that um, is, like I was going to bring that up. The he noted that so when the for Angels first four years, um, they played at, at Dodger Stadium, but they Gene Autry, um, they they just called it. They had like a pretty bad deal. Uh, I think I I think I wrote about it in April, uh, sort of for an anniversary thing, but. The Dodgers got like a cut of their ticket sales and all this, but they didn't want it. You know, they were clearly like the tenants there. At, it wasn't their stadium. But so Gene Autry was adamant about like never referring to it as Dodger Stadium and only calling it Chavez Ravine and all that. But um, I'm that's my way of stalling. Um, so 62 <laughs> to 65. Hall of Famers, primarily in the American League. Um, so let's say... Oh man! So okay, Harmon Killebrew. No. What about Harmon Killebrew? <laughs> no. Um, okay, so all right, this that threw a wrench in my plans because I, I was okay. So Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle hit two in twenty-three games. Uh, okay. Um, and then um, I'm just I'm having a hard time. So. Wow, this is a weird. Okay, this is against the Angels, so it, it, 
I almost thought there was a loophole around this, but um, Frank Robinson was not traded to the Orioles until 66. After, and after the Angels, he was on the Reds before that. So he's, he, I will not guess him. Um, but um, just thinking here, I don't, I don't know why this is like such a, a flummoxing question for me. Uh, so let's go. Let's just think um, Carl Yastrzemski. Yep, with two. I, I, it was the one I had named a hint for. Like, his grandson has hit three more than <laughs> I always. I keep forgetting like um, how they're related. Like I, I, uh, I, I, I did think it. I was correct, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure grandson right, but I did have to look no, it up. Think, it's, like, yeah. it's not like great uncle or something, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, it could have been. I could. It could have been like like a like a nephew or something. Yeah. Like a great. Or, uh, but yeah. But then you're you're right. Um, okay, so. More stalling. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm angry that Harmon Killebrew wasn't one of them. Um, so now, what about um, you have two more strikes? Uh, somehow, yeah, somehow. Wait, I don't. Yeah, I can't. Oh man, now what about Al Kaline? Hit six in twenty eight games. Wow. Um, so I'm just I'm just having a hard time. Like, for some reason, I'm going to give you a like a big hint, which means okay. you're just going to get it. Uh, you were on the right track with uh, an Oriole named Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so <laughs> how about let's go with Brooks Robinson? There you go. And then um, I'm going to give you two guesses, and my hint is it's another Yankee. Another Yankee. Okay, so so this is weird because it's sort of. A, I'll just say Yogi Berra. You are dead on the money. In nine games, two home runs. I, I was going to say, because he, so he ended up like, I don't remember, if he could have like played in 64 at some point, but he was he was their manager. Nope, just, 64. just 63. 62 and okay. 63. Yeah, yeah. Two home runs yeah. in nine games. Un, unreal. Real cool. Yeah. Uh, he was one of my favorite chap- chappers in the Baseball 100, by the way, I think. Oh, I have that book um, literally sitting on my table right now my dining room table um but i haven't i haven't read it i've, I've read certain pieces of it as they were going up online right. last year but it's, it's uh, real yeah. good yeah six hall of famers scored 10 or more runs against the angels in that same period can eric name them i will let you know four of them uh were on the previous list <laughs> okay so we'll go go uh mantle brooks robinson yep yep um Yastrzemski and K-Line? Uh, you got them all, so you need two more names that weren't on the previous list. All right. Um, so I, my, for some reason, like, my my brain is having a hard time. I mean, I can name, like, all 30 teams now, and for some reason, my there's something in my brain, like, prohibiting me from naming the teams from then, even though they exist, like, they all exist now. Um, so good Lord. Um, so what about, hmm, more Orioles thing, thing. Um, yeah, this is bad. I, I'm, I don't know why I can't think of this. Um, what about? I can't remember any Hall of Famers on the A's at that point. Neither um, of these what about, were A's players. Okay. I have to. I'm going to double check real quick that they didn't have like a stray. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah, not primarily A's player. One player did play briefly for. Uh, here's a hint for Philadelphia. Hmm. What about? Um, uh, Rocky Calavito. I, you know, I'm kind of tapped out on this. I don't know why. By I'm <laughs> so one I'm is like, one is Nelly. I'm going to give you Nelly Fox, and then it. I'm going to give you one more guess on the other one. And you're, I'll say you will be very mad at yourself if you don't guess this player. Okay, ten runs. Um, well, it's, so I, for some reason, I was like, wait a minute, Eddie Murray was like not even he was a kid. Um, so, <laughs> um, 
thinking, 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 thinking. And these are, this is Hall of Fame only. Okay. Um, 62 to 65. Why can't I think of any names? <laughs> yeah, this, you're, I am going to be mad. Oh, um, the answer is Harmon Killebrew. <laughs> All right. That's hilarious. Okay. Four Hall of Fame pitchers have had game scores of 75 or better against the Angels in those four seasons. Can Eric name those Hall of Famers? You know, they were using game score back then. <laughs> yeah, each of those pitchers also pitched the Dodgers uh, in those seasons, in either the regular season or in the World Series. Wait, say that again? The hint is each of these pitchers also pitched against the Dodgers in those seasons in either the regular season or in the World Series. Wait. I'm just reading what he said. It can't be the same. I mean, I know because well, the one guess is going to be Whitey Ford. Uh, correct. Because um, you did yeah, it three without, times. Okay. I and then, I will try to figure out how that works. Because uh, so unless there unless all of these were on the '63 Yankees. Um, well, I think what he's saying is that they perhaps oh, changed teams in the mid in '62 to '65. No. So you know what? I will go back to um, Jim Cott. Uh, uh, Jim Cott did it once. And I'm looking up the other players for you. And yes, both these so, players, we at some time in that period, pitched for a National League team. Okay, but not, yeah, all right. There you go. Um, I will give Famers. you $20 if you name either of these players <laughs> uh, in three guesses. That's hilarious. Okay. You have um, three strikes. Let me put it that way. Okay. Um, and I will about- buy you $20 of beer. Uh, what about Jim Bunning? I owe you twenty dollars a beer. Dane, man, good job. Wait, I thought it was both. You, oh I yeah, no, it. yeah. I, I mean, I think I said yeah. either, but I mean both. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, that's how I took the spirit of it. Um, In so, LA, twenty dollars is like half a beer. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Um, I noted noted LA bar maven Eric Steven. Um, let's see. And not that these so, are super wh- obscure uh, players, by the way. Just that I thought. Getting to it would be tough, and I'm I'm impressed it got your your one down. Mm, you you were rightfully thinking of how I was flummoxed with the, <laughs> the Harmon Killebrew yes. <laughs> of the previous. Um, so and and, they, and in similar fashion, I'm having a hard time. Um, okay, so what about? Um, oh man. Uh. Bob Lemon? Strike one. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, this is difficult. Um, I don't know why I'm having trouble figuring it out. Like, this is weird because I'm, I'm like simultaneously trying to think, well, who... Who pitched also in the National League in that time? But like uh, that is just adding another layer that's that's paralyzing me. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna tap out. Just give it to me. I'm gonna give you one hint and then one more guess. And yeah. let me know if that hint helps. If it doesn't, move on. Uh, th- uh, this pitcher took second in MVP votes in 1952. 52. Oh, um, wait. No, he couldn't have. Uh, wait. Hold on. <laughs> huh. I could have swore he didn't start like after that first year, but I'm just gonna say Hoyt Wilhelm, Robin Roberts, Robin Roberts, nice. who was played uh, all most majority of his start of his career in Philly, but switched mm-hmm. to Baltimore in '62, but was traded uh, from Baltimore to Houston in '65, ah, right. uh, and apparently got got a game in there. That's really good. I like it. All right, final question. In those first four seasons, the Major League Baseball Cy Young Award winner pitched their home games in Los Angeles. Dean Chance was the 1964 Cy Young Award honoree, and he pitched for the Angels in each of those seasons. Can Eric name the Hall of Fame players who struck out at least five times against Chance at Chavez Ravine? Hint, they have all been a prior answer to the earlier questions. Mm -hmm. All right, so we'll go Mantle. Uh yes, eight we will times. Go, oh my my good friend Harmon Killebrew. 
with ten times. Yeah, finally, I get a Harmon Killebrew one. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, there's, I'm really, yeah, keep going. Sorry. How many? Wait, how many? How many players are there total? Uh, there are the. Uh, uh, he shouldn't say. I have to count. Uh, so he's looking for five or more. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Or no, okay. sorry, six, six, six. Okay. I have um, two additional names on here. Um, got it. Um, so I'm just it's going for the, the longevity again. Uh, let's go with Al Kaline. Uh, he only did it three times. He was one of the additional names. Threw me off. Um, Carl Yastrzemski? Uh, seven times. <laughs> now it's a matter. Okay. So only nine games, but you know what? Tail end of his career. We're going with Yogi Berra again for nope. some reason. Nope. Yeah. That was a long shot. Um, this is the Eric can't remember who he guessed earlier uh, portion <laughs> of the proceed. Oh, uh, Brooks Robinson. Yep. Um. Uh, I don't remember any anyone else. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna tell you because I think you are uh, blind spotting one thing, which is when uh, the DH rule went into effect. Uh, Jim Cott, <laughs> uh, Whitey Ford, mm. uh, or the other two. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm actually not mad at my. Yeah, game. That, I, was, I was pretty. Ha- that made me happy. Those were good. Those were, that was a good yeah. set. They're very good, and I hate Craig so much. No, I, that's not possible. I love. It. As of this writing, the rule change to the roster composition is supposed to start next Monday. Thirteen pitchers and thirteen position players. Is it Zach McKinstry for Phil Bickford? And would having Mitch White on the active roster be more helpful than David Price? Um, to the second point first, I. I mean, in theory, yes, Mitch White would probably be better than David Price. However, I think Mitch White right now is clearly the number six and the guy they would probably use for at least a spot start during the 20 games and 20 days they have coming up starting next week. Um, so that that said, on the 13 pitcher thing, I I don't want it to happen. But I do think they're going to, at some point later this week, say that, oh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association has agreed to extend the 14 pitchers for, like, two more weeks or whatever it is. Like, you know, they'll do it. So, But if they go back to 13, like, yeah, it really shows you, like, how much hurt, losing Edwin Rios hurt, like, the depth. Because right now they have Eddie Alvarez, um, along with Hanser Alberto, who really hasn't hit at all, although he wasn't. To be fair, wasn't really expected to hit. Maybe a little better against lefties, but um, he's he provides defense basically. Um, and then Austin Barnes is the bench, so it's a rough bench as is. And like having like Zach McKinstry as as your as your sort of next guy that that's a, that's kind of a rough spot to be in. But so like, but yeah, I mean, pro- it probably like if they have to go back to thirteen, that he's. I, unless they do like the pick, pick whichever like hot um, sort of veteran uh, minor league guy, which they did with Kevin Pilar earlier, and who, and then he got hurt, and then Eddie Alvarez after that. Um, so it could be like um, Jake Lamb or Stefan Romero or something like that. The the other the sort of the the weird like sort of wild card I, it's not i don't think it's going to happen but like i've seen people ask about like miguel vargas who's really holding his own like in triple a and doing really well but like they're not going to call him up to be a bench guy right like they um and and i don't think they're necessarily going to call him up to like be a third baseman right now or whatever like so um yeah it's it's probably mckinstry is my guess but um not i don't know it's I don't have a real good read on that, but yeah, it's basically something like that. Uh, you know, they have some, a number of guys who could be, who could be sort of optioned, and um, but yeah, that, McKinstry for Bickford is is as as fair as it gets, or like you know, reasonable as it gets given the choices. This weekend, the Dodgers will unveil their second statue at Dodger Stadium. This time, honoring Sandy Koufax. While the three of us likely agree that the Dodgers should retire Fernando Valenzuela's number, we do. 
right? Yeah, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you're not being a weird contrarian on this side, I assume. Nope. I think an iconic image of Fernando looking towards to the sky as he winds up would be a perfect third statue. What do you two think? I, uh, yeah, and just to put a bow on it, Fernando did have a no no, as you like to call it, um, <laughs> in 1990. Um, so, no, yeah, man, Fernando would be great. And, um, specifically with him looking to the sky in, in mid wind up, that would be a wonderful idea for uh, a statue. So, and like, I mean, yes, his number should be retired. Like, we, you know, feels like this this comes up fairly often on this podcast yeah. it just well the, get the over it too, here's the thing w- w- if jim gilliam wasn't his number wasn't retired at least i i could like give a go fine you really really are going to be that hard they yeah, give him this i disagree but fine get but they give him a statue because of just how important he is to dodger stadium and to the, the los the, angeles dodgers but the you thing, did the thing so. with fernando is his number is retired. That's yes, exactly. Like, exactly. No, no one's worn it. They won't give it out. Like it is retired. They they have done everything to retire that number except actually honor the man with with a, an official ceremony, which is just wrong. So give him the statue same day you retire the number. Whatever, whatever you got to do. Uh, that that uh, mini rant I just went on. I, I hit dictate on my phone, so I have that saved in text <laughs> form. That's good. The current breakdown by monthly splits for the AL and NL show gradual offensive improvement since the beginning of the season. Do you think this is related to the weather warming up a bit, or did it take time for the players to adjust to any changes to the baseball? I think it's just weather. Uh, Yeah, it's probably weather, but also, like, the ball is almost certainly have changed. Like, it's been, like, inconsistent. (laughs) So, like, and and the players never seem to know, like, what ball they're going to get, like, you know, at any given time, and MLB's like, I don't know, or you know, our specifications say this. You know, they're never going to admit to it until someone calls them on it, and so who knows exactly what's going on? But yeah, it's it's certainly like baseball is a little different, but also the weather. Like, you know, you're, you're going to get more more home runs, and it'd be interesting to see if there's any particular change once teams have to go down to 13 pitchers, if if it has any sort of effect on like how you use different pitchers, like either. Um, making starters go deeper or bullpens being worse, you know, like whatever, just generally. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I We'll see how it goes. But we're about, you know, getting into the, the, the real hot part of the, the the weather for the season. So it should be interesting to see sort of how that plays out in rest rest of June and July and I guess into August. I have to sort through my email real quick for the last question because I think you may – uh yes you did not copy all of it so i'm going to read what i have in the show notes because i think it's very funny happy father's day jacob while mother's day conjures up images of kids making their mom breakfast in bed father's day tends to put dad in the barbecue grill outside to cook for the family this week i'm asking eric and jacob about a close pro train on the grill chicken and that's all i had so uh, i was like (laughs) chicken your thoughts Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a fan. <laughs> uh, I, um, real quick before I move on to the actual question, which Craig did send along. Uh, I it is gross, hot, humid here in Kansas. I am not going outside at all. Um, Melissa, yeah. anyways, tends to be the griller of the family. When I do like burgers and steak, I tend to do it on a pan over the stove. So uh, none none of that is happening. I am sleeping in. Uh, I think I'm going to get pizza of some sort. It's going to be delicious. I am going to, I believe, have breakfast with my aunt and uncle and some cousins in the morning. But other than that, I don't plan to be outside. <laughs> so, yeah. Do Similar. You, do you prefer the sweet and tangy barbecue chicken, a citrus marinade grilled chicken pieces, or perhaps some versions of chicken on a stick? Or maybe even the old chicken cooked in a beer can. Name me some of your favorite ways to eat chicken from the great outdoors. Um, Oof. Uh, uh, Yaki grilled chicken sticks uh, were uh, with some green onion uh, were a big hit when I was in Japan. Very cheap, very tasty. Usually with a like a Japanese barbecue sauce. Um, I don't really like citrus marinade grilled uh, chicken pieces, um, but the barbecue chicken, especially shredded with some pickles and a lot of sauce, that's that's the way for me. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. I would say for the citrus, like it, I guess it depends on how you. Um, 
depending on what marinade you use for carne asada, because like some you could have like essentially like not necessarily orange juice, but like you know orange and other stuff in a carne asada type marinade. So I think that would count, or I guess pollo asada in this case. Um, but um, so I think that would count. That that's up there for me. I think like barbecue can like or beer can uh, chicken is pretty good, but like. If it's if it's literally like just on a grill, I would prefer probably like either either the sort of barbecue marinated um, chicken breast and thighs. Um, I, I grew up and the large part of my early adulthood like insisting on white meat, um, and I've since learned that that was incorrect. And um, no. Uh, so I like I like it all now, but yeah, chicken thighs are really good. But um, I, I I have a hard time picking between like a like a barbecue type marinade or um, like or the, like like Craig. I guess I don't know any other way to put it other than like a a citrus marinade. Yeah. Like that that's a pretty good. It, now that it, said, it, grilling is fairly low on my list of chicken prep. Uh, smoked, yeah. smoked, very high. Mm. Sous vide, very high. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'll do it. But t- typically with grilling, I'm going to whip the the burgers and sausages and hot dogs and maybe a steak. But again, I, I tend to prefer pan frying that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, that said, again, I still want Craig, chicken, so I'm going. <laughs> Craig, Craig has made us hungry and. God, we recorded this at night. It's it's much more difficult to go out and, and get the food he talked about. And I'm still mad because I can't remember if it was last week or the week before. I didn't actually go out and get donuts, and I should have. But, oh well. that's uh, So go out right now, everybody. Get some chicken. Get some donuts. Catch up on our food, food talk from previous podcasts. But um, thanks for listening to The Lineup with True Blue LA. And we will talk to you again next week. Thank you.